Hiya, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, um, Chris, just to finish recording, it's about 10 to 10, so I appreciate you coming on at this time, man. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. I'm always recording late anyway and doing various different things, so thanks for having me on. No problem at all. Would you mind telling us a wee bit about your pod before we jump in? Because it's a bit more of a podcast, isn't it? You've got a magazine, uh, see you do a few blogs as well. Yeah, um, we started the 90 Minute Cynic about six or seven years ago. And at first it was just a blog I did myself um, where I talked about so sort of Del Piero and Roberto Baggio and a lot of kind of mid nineties Serie A guys. But I also talked about Celtic and Scottish football yeah. as well. Um, but then it kind of evolved into a website. Um, so it went from being like mm-hmm. a blog spot sort of thing to an official dot com. And we started doing the podcast kind of just for fun. Um, we you know take a random Saturday night and get a few drinks, get drunk, and just talk about our favourite Celtic and sort of Scottish football things and then it's just yeah. kind of evolved from there so we've got our we've got the website we've got the cynical which is a quarterly magazine um with lots of different articles um including stuff about mental health and football including interviews with different people um a lot of tactical analysis um and some just kind of random fun sort of uh, stories yeah. and, and, and features and stuff uh and the podcast is you know every Tuesday um, used to be every Monday, but we've now changed it to Tuesday. And we do, don't get me wrong, we do have a quite a Celtic influence, but we try to talk about Scottish football as much as we can because we're, you know, we think it's been derogatorily um, spoken about in the media and stuff. So we always try and bring it up as much as possible. But yeah, sorry, I, I tend to rant, so that's what you're going to do. No, that away. That's what I was hoping for. Um, so you know what? We're not going to be jumping about Scottish football. We're going to jump right into a wee SPFL roundup just now. Lovely stuff. Um, Nice one. Did you catch any of Hibs Aberdeen uh, at the weekend? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I really like um, Hibs and how they play. Um, yeah, it's a, team to watch. They're a terrific team to watch, and it's not just you know from the the guys you think. You know, guys like you know, I never, I never really thought Darren McGregor was his. Never got the opportunity opportunity. Um, at Rangers the way he probably should have, um, yeah. and he's he's really he really stands out for me for them. Um, guys like Paul Hanlon as well, just just really really oh. good SPL players, you know. Paul Hanlon's been around for ages, so he's product, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, obviously, kind of McGinn, Allen, and uh, ironically, probably their best on form midfielder, Dylan McGeech. Um, they're just a joy to watch. Yeah, yeah, I've got him written down here. Actually, he was superb at the weekend. Um, and it kind of goes this kind of Aberdeen uh, my point on them is they've kind of gone from not being able to do it against Rangers or Celtic it's just now creeping into just any big game that's an excellent point uh, we were talking about that just on our kind of podcast just there about yeah. how see, <laughs> Aberdeen just have that Derek McInnes has this way of lining up specifically against Celtic where he kind of goes almost sort of man-for-man for man for, on Celtic. And the problem with yeah. man, going man-for-man man on on a team like Celtic is you're literally up against the best individuals in the country. Yeah. So if you've got these one-on-ones, it tends to, you know, the better the person with the... The player with the better technical ability or just the overall better player is going to beat you in a one-on-one. And yeah. if you're beating a one-on-one, there's space in behind. 
I'm just thinking about that in my head and thinking about like you've got Shane Logan on Scott Sinclair, for example. You've got well, Aaron, even Aaron Rooney and stuff. Are they going to be able to go man to man against that Celtic back four, even if there's people missing? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. The, the problem with that is I think Steve Clark, um, when Celtic, um, when Kilmarnock beat Celtic the other week, it's you know the fact is that he gives he, he lets Celtic play, he gives them space, but he still it's a sort of zonal marking system where you come into the zone and you'll be hit, um, but it's it's rigid, but it's not rigid. Um, I think Steve Steve Clark is if Steve Clark was the manager of Aberdeen, they'd be a lot closer to Celtic. Yeah, well. Hindsight is everything, because um, Steve Clark has never meant, uh, appeared in my mind as someone who could have been for a Rangers job, but really, you, as your point was saying, Clark would be doing a better job than McInnes would be at Aberdeen right now. Really should have, McInnes been, no, sorry, should have Clark have been on the radar of Rangers a long time before now? Because for, even forgetting what he's done at Kilmarnock, if you look at his track record down south and his coaching pedigree, it, it's really only rivaled by Rodgers at the moment in Scotland. Uh, absolutely. Um, my kind of when Ronnie Dyla took the job, um, everyone was kind of surprised because it was kind of a left field appointment. We didn't really didn't really know where he came from, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Um, but my money and what I wanted was Clark to get the Celtic job at that point. I thought he would have been. I mean, essentially, I know we're going to talk about Scotland and you know later on, but yeah, Steve Clark should be the Scotland manager. Listen. Well, I, did, I don't think they even approached him in the end, did they? No. I don't think him or Lennon got a well, I think this is why a few will talk about this later on. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think he got approached, did he? No, he didn't. They didn't even have the audacity to actually pick up the phone and call him because he was consistently asked by the, the sort of press. But, um, but anyway, we'll get to that. Um, the actual match itself, I thought that um, Hibs fully deserved it. Um, the energy in that kind of midfield trio of McGinn... Uh, McGeoch and Allen um, energy and aggression um, mm. it's perfect and Aberdeen didn't come close and I think that's the only second time this season that um, Shinny hasn't played for Aberdeen Yeah, and I think it showed mm-hmm. well we'll come back to them in a bit. Well, actually we won't we're going to move on to Marvel Kamara we'll talk about your man Steve Clark there um, that's now they're now uh, game on hand over Mugwell as well as three points ahead of them are they a stick on the top six now with the way they're playing it's one of those where uh, I I don't see how you could not have them as a kind of stick on for the top six um, yeah mm. they're playing intelligent football um, I, I think more than anything you know they've got some decent players Jones is a good player he's an exciting player they've got a bit of flair um, Chris Boyd it's just oh yeah, he's second top goal scorer. It's madness. It's it's insane. Um, I mean, I was talking. We we're talking about Scotland the other day, and you know, yeah. is Chris Boyd right. going to get a call up? <laughs> no, right. Because can I give you a hypothetical? Right. Okay. Right. If we had qualified for the World Cup, would there be a get him on the plane campaign right now for Chris Boyd? Uh, I think there would have to have been. I think there would be as well. I think, and I would, I'd probably. In a bit of a troll manner, I'd probably get right behind it. Just for, I'd like to see him over there. I think, it, in essence, I think it would be, you know, as I, I just like uh, Chris Boyd as a sort of pundit. I, I think he's contrarian yeah. for the sake of it. Um, I, and yes, 
I, I also think I think it was quite disrespectful how we spoke about the Aberdeen players not being when it came to that Scotland squad with Malky McKay and I think a lot of it was just kind of shock um, to kind of make him stand out. But mm-hmm. he is a goal scorer and he knows he knows how to find the net. He knows how to find that little bit of space. Alan McCoy used to terrorise us as you know as a Celtic fan. He used to terrorise us in the nineties because he wasn't very good, but he'd always pop up with that goal. And Boyd's got a knack of that doing that. Not necessarily against Celtic, funnily enough, but um, he's he's a good goal scorer. Yeah, was it? Is it what? Is it just one he got? I think it's one against Celtic over a spell to Rangers and Kilmarnock. Yeah, I think it was a penalty. Yeah, um, yeah, it was oh nine round then I think. Um, moving away from Chris Boyd, we're going to go to talk about Rangers just now. Uh, goals galore, uh, some game, Shawnee defending, um, quite entertaining. Rangers obviously quite weak at the back, but nice, quite exciting going forward like with our emergence of Windass this season. Yeah, we actually, on the pod we just had, uh, the question was if you could take any Celtic player, I'm sorry, any Rangers player for the current Celtic squad, who would you take? And uh, I was certainly going for Windass. Um, I think he's got technique. Um, his timing of his runs is excellent. Um, yeah. And, and I think that he, I mean, uh, he's one of Rangers' best players. What's nine goals in three games? Nine goals, yeah. Since the turn of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a phenomenal kind of return for a midfielder. Uh, I think that he is a standout. I think that might be to, go, to do with the kind of system they play. And he almost has a... doesn't have a free role quite, but he's got the ability to kind of find that space. Yeah. Um, see, on your point there, you'd say you take Windows. I, I would just expect Tavernier would be the automatic shout due to the weakness at right-back right now. But we don't have a weakness at right-back, so... Oh, are you are you on, all right? you on the Lustig train? All right, OK. Uh, yeah, I'm driving the Lustig train. Um, oh. He's... Uh, Lustig is much maligned by Celtic fans for whatever reason, but yeah. I think the game against Zenit on Tuesday showed that he's maybe not got... He's not... It's his experience. It's his reading of the game. It's his positioning. Um... He's, he's, he's class I, I think Tavernier is a good player I just I don't think he's in Lustig's class personally but okay right <laughs> maybe I'm biased uh, unpopular opinions galore but no it's good it's good whichever um, Morelos and his tally as well and I think uh, Jamie Murphy I, I see uh, I was a bit concerned with what I'd seen from Jamie Murphy on his first few outings but he looked a bit more at it like air and I think um, he got a few assists there at the weekend as well so I'd imagine he might push on from here um, yeah, I mean, I actually thought, I mean, Rangers' first couple of goals, I mean, but they were really... When that's his first one was ridiculous, the keeper pushed up in the air. I mean, he literally punched into his own net, that was yeah. that was pretty embarrassing. Um, Jamie Murphy's a... Jamie Murphy's fine, like, he's a fine, he's, he's, he's okay. I remember him when he was in uh, with Motherwell the first time around, and always yeah. thinking... He should be more clinical, like he should be more of a clinical striker, because because he does have good technique. But yeah, I, don't know, there... I think on you. Go. Uh, one of the concerns I have about he seems to cut in quite a lot and shoot, but never really gets a shot away. Yeah, yeah, that's what I noticed. Exactly. Um, I was totally off him. Now I'm back on him. So, but you know, there's only a few games in. I'll see you at the end of the season. Um, Jamie Murphy or Jordan Jones, though. Who would I choose? Yeah. 
I'd probably go with Jordan Jones, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, uh, I like Jones. I think he's a decent player. Yeah, I think Jones is pretty good as well. Um, right, we'll get we'll get a wee mention. Hamilton in the playoff spot, but we've got games in hand as well. But it's going to look like a real dogfight down there, to be honest. Um, but there's not. I think there's so many bad teams right there, I don't think it'll take that many points to stay up. No, I think um, it's funny because it's tight, but it's not tight. I think that depending on who has... The fact that Hamilton are scoring goals is good, but they're, they're bleeding at the back as well. You know, yeah. you, you need that sort of you know rigidness. You need that sort of compactness. I think I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think it's really, really it's too. The top bottom six are playing each other this 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 week, and the top six are playing each other. So anyone who basically from the bottom six, anyone who wins is going to you know have an opportunity to either pull away or. You know, close the gap a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think Ross County are playing Dundee, if my memory serves. Yeah. That could be a massive game for Hamilton mm. and for Thistle as well. Just to no, it's, 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 I think St Johnson, my friends, are St Johnston fan. I think they've got Ross County at home. All right, okay, fair enough. Well, yeah. I, I think in, in essence, I, I think if, if County lose that one, and you know, if if Hamilton win, then you know. I, I, I think it's exciting. Um, I mean, it's not exciting for the actual fans of those teams. They just want to, yeah. get, to get safe as quickly as possible. But it's tight, certainly tight, and that's what we need in the league. Yeah. Um, talking about St Johnston and teams, you know, who need points. They got one at Parkhead. Um, were you at the game, yeah? No, I wasn't. I wasn't at the game, but I got to see it back. I, um, I found a stream online to watch it after the fact. So what was this a case of? Was it Celtic making a lot of changes? Was it sluggishness or was St Johnston, you know, Tommy Wright kind of standard performance going away from home and just putting everyone behind the ball and doing a good job of it? Um, I think it was it was a couple of things. Firstly, I think you know Celtic made eight changes. Um, yeah. They brought in a lot of guys from the cold. Gamboa's only played three games, I think, this season. Calvin Miller was playing at fullback. Um, and he's not a fullback, even though I think that's the position they're going to try and you know cultivate for him. But he okay. is a, he is a winger, um, and you know Kieran Tierney is Celtic's one of Celtic's best players, and his penetrating runs up the wing not only push Celtic forward, it drives the team the other teams back. When you don't mm-hmm. have that penetrating run and that out ball, it kind of yeah. lopsides your team a little bit. Um, really young back line. Uh, midfield was kept quite young as well. I, I think, in essence, it's to do with t- so many changes meant a lack of fluidity, which led to, I don't know, just frustration. Um, Celtic still should have won it. Um, Edouard had one or two opportunities. Sinclair had a couple of opportunities. Sinclair's really, really off the boil just now. Okay. Um, uh, see, quickly on Sinclair... For someone who's off the boil, and uh, all my friends who are Celtic fans have been giving him a bit of a doing this year, his stats still, was it, was it eight, was it, last time I checked it was eight goals and eight assists, I think he's added to that since. So has it been off, he's been off the boil, or? He's got, I think, 17 goals this season. Um, 17 goals in all comps. In all comps. Um, yeah. He's just, he's a, he clearly is a confidence player. Um, yeah. I think it's to do with, with his confidence within himself, but it's also to do with he's getting doubled up on as well by a lot of the, um, a lot of teams are doubling up on him, um, putting pressure on him. He's just not doing the simple things right. Um, there's there's no there's no question he's a classy player, 
Um, but, you know, for example, against Zenit during the week, um, I totally forgot that we had him as an option. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't even, it didn't even enter my mind to bring on Scott Sinclair. So I think yeah. that's kind of shown where, you know, he's having yeah, kind of second season syndrome a little bit. He's still a quality oh. player. It's just, it's not quite clicking for him. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about Celtic in one second, but just to finish off domestically, um, Rangers have got Hearts this weekend, Celtic have Aberdeen. Do you think we're going to see anything that can see the gap closing? Because surely this title rate, in my mind, the title race is over. But are Celtic going to you know, go up to Aberdeen and get three points this weekend? I was, I looked and thought at the first time I saw this up, that's a great game for them to go because they're so used to going up and winning up there. Yeah, I think Celtic play... Celtic are at their best when domestically um, when we've got pressure on us. Um, some of our best performances under Brendan Rodgers have been at Pataudry. The last game, um, September or October time, I can't quite remember, where we won 3-0. I think it was October time, yeah, I remember it. That was a sensational performance. That's one of the best performances I've seen Celtic put in in a long time in Scot- and just in, in, in general in Scottish football. Um Aberdeen are, for light of a better word, <clears throat> bottle merchants. Um, yeah. When it when it comes to Celtic, um, but it's not even just the players. As as I was saying, it kind of touching on at the start, it's their how they set up, how they line up. Derek McInnes has a real difficult job understanding. Everyone knows how Celtic play. You know, everyone knows that if you put a high press on Celtic, if you put high press on Celtic, and you go a sort of zonal system where you can. It's all about being compact, um, pressing the ball, pressing the team, high press. They never do it against us. Yeah. Um, and I think that's. I, I think that Derek McInnes is a very limited manager. And as I said earlier, if Steve Clark was a manager at Aberdeen, I think they'd be a lot closer to us. So I expect Celtic to. And it, you know, we've got a game on 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 Thursday that could potentially go to extra time. You think about travelling times. You think about how you know the energy yeah. happening. But at the same time. A guy like Tom Rogic seems to love playing against Aberdeen, so and he's a magician. So, you know, I, I fully expect Celtic to win. Um, uh, to be honest, I expect Rangers to win as well. Yeah, see, I'm I'm very nervous for our game on Saturday because I I can of course I can see us winning, but we're at home where we're sixth in the league at home at the moment, and Levine loves to spoil any party from Rangers or Celtic. Yeah. So I'm sure he'd like to come. Um, and I'm, I'm really hoping the players can adjust to the pressure of knowing if we go, if we do win, and even though we'll have a game in hand, it will just be six points. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. For example, a Celtic win, a Celtic lose and Rangers win, um, and we're going into the, the Glasgow derby with you know six points ahead of Rangers, and Rangers are really up for it. Um, you know, I, I feel it's only on. To be honest, uh, part of that I find quite appealing because Celtic haven't turned up in the last two Glasgow derbies, um, and they need to. Frankly, they need to lay down a marker because, you know, I, in all honesty, I think Rangers are a Rangers are a competent team with decent individuals, but they're nowhere near Celtic's level. And that, I'm not saying that disrespectfully. I'm not saying that arrogantly. I, I just think that's the way it is. I think I don't think there's many players in the Rangers team that would get into the Celtic team. I think. See, sorry, on you go. 
Um, going through my head, at the start of the season, I'd probably agree with you, but see, at this point in time, I reckon, Fodringham and, I, I, I know we agree, disagree on Lustig, I, I would probably have Fodringham and Tavernier, maybe Windass, and see if the belly's injured, and there's problem with Griffiths, what about Morelos? I think Morelos is. I, I like I like Morelos. I think he's a good player. Um, my problem with Morelos is I don't think I know he's got a lot of goals. I just don't think he's clinical on his first attempt. Yeah, um, I I get very frustrated with Morelos on the chances he misses. But then someone at the game will go to me like, yeah, but he's getting in, in those places, and that finishing will come. And that's that's easy to say now. But see when he misses that chance apart head. It's harder to take that on the chin then. Exactly. I think, you know, a comparison, and it's, I don't know how favourable this is going to be, but um, yeah. when Anthony Stokes first signed for Celtic, um, yeah. he was kind of similar. Um, he would take three opportunities and he'd score one. And that was fine in the Scottish Premier League because he would get those opportunities and he would eventually yeah. score one in every three. But when it came to European football, Anthony Stokes scored... What one goal for Celtic, two goals for Celtic, and yeah. something like mm-hmm. oh, yeah, the appearances. I would say that is probably a good comparison. Then, um, so, I would still say the big difference between Rangers Celtic right now is the management. I, as much as I like, I'm sure Marty is a nice guy. I can't see Rangers really pushing for a title with him in charge. Yeah, I'm not. I, I do think we're better all over the park. I think Celtic, you know, Celtic have got Pat Roberts to come back, Tom Rogic is to come back, you know, would would Stuart Armstrong start every week for Rangers? Absolutely. Would he, does he start every week for Celtic when he's fit? He doesn't. Callum McGregor doesn't start every week for Celtic. He would fit start for Rangers, and that's not disparaging in yeah. any way. It's just a fact. Um, you know, if you want to debate whether Windass and um, whether Tav- Tavernier is going to get in ahead of Lustig, that you know what, I can give that debate. Everywhere else, yeah. I, 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 I just, I just don't see. No, it. I would, I would agree. Something, I would agree. Something a bit over Park, but um, oh, but sorry, for, for, would you have Gordon over Fodringham? I, I, I don't rate. Fodringham. No, 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 and this is a thing. I, I don't rate Fodringham at all. I, I, I think he's poor. I think he's a poor keeper. For example, Hamilton's first goal. Oh, but no, Fodringham's uh, low shots from outside the box is a gimme. Is that, is that if you want to score against Fodringham, yeah, yeah, well, um, again, the other weekend as well. Of course, yeah. I mean, I, I think I don't get me wrong. I, I'm not. He's not a terrible keeper. He's not a terrible player. He's got. He's definitely has qualities. Um, I've just seen him being beat too easily too often. The thing about Craig Gordon is Craig Gordon's completely evolved his game from a standard goalkeeper of kick the ball when it comes to you to an evolution to a sweeper keeper. Um, and Craig Gordon is the best goalkeeper in Scotland, without a shadow of a doubt. Wes Fodringham might be second. I don't know, but Craig Gordon, I don't know why Celtic fans are on his back as well. I, I, find, it, I find it bizarre, but there we are. There we are. Um, we're going to dive into Section 2 and give a bit of European chat. Um, did you make it last Thursday for the game? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I watch all the. I I, used, I had a season ticket for about sixteen years, but I gave yeah. it up, and um, I've not, I'm still swathering on where to go, whether to go back or not, because um, I oh. watch most of the games with my dad, so we watch them in the pub, which is fun. Okay, nice. Um, right, thoughts on the performance anyway? Because I I uh, missed it. I've seen the highlights though. Uh, I thought Celtic were phenomenal. Um, I thought the, you know, 
we were talking on the on, our, on the ninety minute cynic about you know was it Senate not turning up or was it Celtic performing well or was it a bit of both? I really do think it was Celtic. Uh, Rogers absolutely getting his tactics spot on. Rogers doing things that you know we hadn't necessarily thought of um, in terms of playing Kawasi in a sort of kind of um, diamond formation and just yeah, Callum McGregor playing it. Uh, just being one of the best players in the park in a European performance. It yeah. bodes well for Celtic, it bodes well for Scotland. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I, Celtic were just excellent. Well, the pass really a highlight of the night, really, wasn't it? When it was on the assist. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah. a bit, you know, the technique, you know, uh, you know, the difference, what a difference a year makes. You know, this time last year, Callum McGregor's one-on-one against Borussia Mönchengladbach to win the game in Gladbach, and he completely fluffs his yeah, mind. Yeah, I remember that. And now we're looking at the fact that he's taking a ball on the chest and half-falling it into the top corner in a European Cup, um, a European Europa League, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Europa League first-leg game that was so important. He, he was terrific. The whole team were terrific. Even Lustig. yeah. No, McGregor's really someone who's come on a lot though under Rogers, hasn't he? Yeah, I, and that you know, guys like guys like McGregor, um, to an extent, Armstrong's kind of went backwards this season. But Armstrong under Rogers last season was sensational, and he's got that in his locker. So hopefully, you'll come back from that. Kieran Tierney's evolution has been excellent as well. Um, the fact that Jack Hendry. Scotland have a massive problem at centre half. Jack Hendry, if if Brendan Rodgers can do to Jack Hendry what he done to Boyata and really yeah. develop him into you know a competent ball playing centre half, you know it, 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 as much as it's great for Celtic, it's bold, bold, boding well for the for the national team as well. And the fact that a Scottish club is actually potentially one game away from the last sixteen in Europe is is something we should all be celebrating. Yeah. Um... I think the rest of the country might find that a bit harder, but I, I know what you're getting at. Um, Listen, I would support everybody except Rangers anyway, so, you know, yeah. I, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I know, we we need the coefficient points, though, we're actually at the point now where it's a bit fuck. Yeah, I know, well, it'd just be nice to get, um, I think it kind of went under, like, I think, obviously it was a disaster last summer in Europe, but I think it went under the radar how poorly St. John- St. Johnston did as well getting beat by Vilnius. I remember my friend went over and he said they were awful over there. Yeah, I think that's something we were talking on. Um, you know, everyone talked about... Oh, <laughs> everyone last summer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but Tommy Wright, you know, he gets all these plaudits about how well he's doing with St. Johnston. But then, it, then you get to the point where you're qualifying for the Europa League every year. You're, you know, your first year he had a great run where we got to the playoffs. Um, since then, Nothing. It's embarrassing. Yeah, Could they not be? And people are turning around saying, oh, good for St. Johnson getting into Europe. It's like, well, no, you should be building on that because otherwise yeah. you're just going backwards. And then eventually you reach a point and then you regress like we have this season. Because what you want is progress. Yeah. <laughs> that was... Yeah, I knew you fine well. I was trying to avoid that there. That was a bit of a dick. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. That was also... The music Barely not put a tweet out like that as well. I think you might. Okay. Yeah, I think I blocked him after that. I don't, I don't think he followed me anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, well, we'll find out about how Celtic get on Thursday night. Uh, we're gonna 
uh, lighten things up and talk about final section. Of course, uh, was it was the last time Celtic beat a Russian opposition in Russia. Was it Samaras who grabbed the winner? Is that right? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, when we beat Spartak Moscow in the group stages. I remember coming home off the school bus and watching my pal and being mightily pissed off, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, listen, uh, listen, man, I, I, was a Celtic, yeah. I was a Celtic fan in the 90s, so I know all about laughing at yeah. your um, rivals' uh, humiliation in Europe, so don't worry about it, man. Yeah. So, uh, the, worst, uh, the worst one I've ever done was it was my 17th birthday, the 7th of November 2012. And I think when Tony Watt put the second goal in, I just turned off and I told everyone to get in. <laughs> Sat by myself for a few hours. So I think I, I turned it back on eventually. Um, oh, but uh, do, do you want to tell us about your favourite memories of uh, Samaras at Celtic then? Oh, Samaras, is an, um, Samaras is a guy who I would um, say as he really fills in that role of uh, cult status. Um, an absolute sort of cult legend at the club. He... Yeah. On his day, he was phenomenal. On his day, when, when yeah. Samaras was in full flow, he was one of the most beautiful players. That's going to sound ridiculous, but one of the most beautiful yeah. players to watch. He had like a gallop on him, a sort of, um, I don't know, like a, a majestic gallop. Um, and he was phenomenal. On his worst day, he was one of the worst footballers I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. So, and you know, and there was days where you know you wouldn't get much from him, but he stood out. The thing about Samaras, and this is the key point for me, was Samaras never hid. When Samaras was having a bad game, and when the crowd were getting on his back, and when he maybe. Every every one of his touches were just it wasn't falling from. He never hid. He always wanted the ball, and that's something yeah. I really really respect about him. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I think that really sets him apart from from a lot of players. Um, yeah. He scored some of my favourite goals as well. The goal against Spartak Moscow in Russia, just Celtic. I, you know, I'd be you know Celtic in the Champions League. We're never going to win away ever. And then all of a sudden, last minute header. Just phenomenal. Yeah, as you say, I think he's going to score great goals than opposed to like a lot of goals because it's, it's by no means prolific. No, I mean, I think I think but this whole time itself, there's much better goal scorers out there at the time really wasn't there. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, people look at you know Gary Hooker, Hooper had a lot of them um, was quite clinical for Celtic. Um, even you know Stokes himself scored scored a lot of goals. Um, but Samaras had a lot of assists, and Samaras Samaras. Yeah. Um, ran himself into the ground for the team. Um, as, as someone who look, you would probably look at and you think he's maybe, you know, he's got long hair, he's he's Greek, he's got that fiery passion, he's maybe a little bit, you know, egotistical. He was the most selfless player you'll ever see. Yeah. Um, a, sorry, talking about um, being Greek, it was a weird one. I was in the pub watching the uh, 2014 World Cup and I was saying, like, oh, I think he's got, he's, he's scored eight goals for Greece. And I think he had scored. I think I think he played about not far from eighty games, and so I was having a dig at his record to my positive man. Then he scored a goal that put him through to the last sixteen moments after that. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. that's my life making fun of players and them for them to do something. Yeah, I'll come back and haunt you later on. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to think. What what year was it? You left twenty fourteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. What? So we started off. So, because first half of the season he won his first title, then he actually went three years without winning one. Yeah. Then he racked right. a few before he left. All right. 
See, when you say cult legend, would, he's not, would you put him in the status as an actual Celtic legend, or do you think his kind of persona himself rises? Yeah, yeah, I think he's more of a I think he's got more cult status than yeah. legendary status. Um yeah, see I always argue this about like I don't think Novo is good enough to be a Rangers legend. But his cult status is definitely up on that like cult he's a cult legend for sure. Yeah, I Novo I, God I used to I hated him. Um yeah. which I think is one of the reasons well, he probably wasn't what he's going for, um, all, all, all the stuff he wrote in his book about knocking Celtic back and all that, and like, um, like that's fine. I'm I'm okay with all the sort of um, yeah. I, I like disliking Rangers. Play. The problem I have with Rangers just now is I don't really have any. Yeah, I know. What you I mean. don't really. It's almost like, and I really don't mean this to be as disrespectful as it's going to probably sound. It, it's almost just another game, um, and it yeah, it will be that. Until, it will be that until it's neck and neck again, won't it? And it'll never be neck and neck again. So no, oh, I'm going to turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just think um, you know, a guy like Samanas or a guy like Novo, these sort of cult cult players for for your team, mm-hmm. it, 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 they need to do a lot more than just be good or be average at football. Samaras, as I say, he looked so, you know, that you know the the game at Ibrox where he scores the goal and he scores the penalty. Just when Celtic were completely written off by everyone, um, just it kind of summed him up. He was the kind of really hard, just a genuine hardworking guy who had that little bit of flair, but didn't always turn it on. Um, yeah, you know, kind of like your sort of, you know, um, your Raquelmes or your, you know, guys who maybe didn't play every yeah. week. But when they were mm-hmm. on form, they were phenomenal. Great player and a genuinely sound guy, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll take. Yeah. I'm sure he was a good guy actually. Uh, I actually, I just quite like Jan Vinegar. His like that was my Celtic player. I didn't mind too much. Oh, I used to, I used to love Claudio Reyna and uh, two guys. <laughs> I, I yeah. Thought, I thought they were both phenomenal. That's the thing, man. Like I've talked, we, we had a whole podcast where we kind of talked about Rangers players we quite liked. Um, like yeah. you know, guy. I actually another guy I really liked was Jonas Terran, who never really got. He never really got the kind of the plaudits he probably deserved. He never actually really got had that much of a, an impact the Rangers overall. But Jonas Terran was a like terrific sort of central midfielder for Rangers. But always had really good mid central midfielders. Um, always had midfielders I always kind of feared. You know, guys like Alberts and Reina and yeah, and even like Christian Nerlinger and stuff. Um. It's not really Jason Holt. I'm scared of him. Nah, not really. I'm not scared of Jason Holt. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, I think. Uh, but see, uh, but we've got to, we're gonna we're, we'll wrap things up. But okay. I think Holt gets destroyed off some of my mates, right? But I, I prefer much prefer Holt to Halliday. Oh, Andy, Andy Halliday is is one of the most basic footballers I've, yeah. I've seen. Like Rangers. And I, I remember speaking to a couple of my pals who were Rangers, and they were going on about Andy Halliday, and I was like, "Look, man, I, I'm not saying I, 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 I'm not saying I think he's rubbish, because oh, I don't like him and I'm, he's rubbish. I'm just telling you, he's just in no way good enough for Rangers. That shouldn't be Rangers level. If that's yeah. if Andy Halliday's Rangers level, then you know you're going to finish third, fourth, yeah. fifth, because he might, oh, he might have a pa- he might have the passion, and he might be a right good Rangers man, but that, that's not what you need." <laughs> 
You need smart no. footballers. You need intelligent footballers. You just need better footballers. And I know that's that's slowly coming together. But the problem is, you know, Marty's not good enough. Yeah. No, see, I would say the midfielders we have now are much better than Holton Halbert. You know, it's just if we can ever get many of them fit. Um, and I would agree with you. Um, Marty probably isn't the right appointment. But if Rangers finish second, I think he will definitely get the jump. Right. Chris, I'm gonna let you go. That's game up to half ten. I'm gonna get edit this and get it fired out tomorrow. Thanks so much for coming on. It was good chatting to you, man. No problem at all, man. Have a good one. Right, have a good weekend. Right, see you later, man. man. Cheers, bye. What I'm saying is that do you feel as though that Scotland looks more um, balanced tonight with that? Because I don't want to talk about uh, right now. I want to talk about tonight's match. How did you feel the team played with having the, the striker restored then? Is that the end of the interview? How did you feel?